0: we're gonna get into this gospel and jackie has the first point hi hello jackie hello
1: (laughs) cut (laughs)
2: hello i'm jackie pivot are you tired of coming into your hometown and not being full of the holy spirit well i've got
1: boy am i got a fix for you right
0: be jesus Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith2Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine and I'm the Director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego.
1: And I'm my Little Sonia
0: and I'm the Youth Minister.
1: I'm Jackie Pippin and I'm the Digital Resource Curator.
0: And we are in the week of January 27th and we have a opening segment of a Listener story, the first, the first, ever. first ever, yeah. Listener story. So every week we uh, have an opening segment, and whenever we have a email or a communication from a listener, that's either in the form of a question or a comment or a story, we would like to share those. And so this week we have a story from a listener that we're going to get to, and then we're going to get into the gospel and the faith to grow resources for this week. But Maya has the listener story for this week. So we
2: received a story from a listener who had mentioned that she had a very intimidating college professor for a very important class that had a very long syllabus that she had received. And right now, and she was just terrified, right? It was a 17-page syllabus where you explicitly noted mm-hmm. that you weren't allowed to wear yoga pants to his mm-hmm. class and that you had to address him as Dr. Professor Mant. Well, you have to say doctor in his name, it. It's like oh. Dr. Tremaine or Dr. Pippin. Like Got you, And you cannot address him as Mr. Pippin or Professor Pippin. Mm-hmm. You have to say doctor. And he's like, this is not high school and you should treat it as such. And it's like, geez. And then he had a quote with the Republic. And it was a 17-page syllabus. That's all you really need to know about this professor. And that he's intimidating. So she was scared out of her mind, she said. And then on the second day of class, or their second class meeting, she told us that she quoted something from the Faith to Go podcast you know and then that professor said that that was the most single most beautiful thing that's ever been said in his class <laughs> on the second class meeting and then he wrote uh he told her to meet him for office hours and she mentioned the podcast and wow. she talked about um how she philosophy and how she knew things and she impressed the teacher so, so thanks everyone
0: what was the what was the quote
2: it was based off of our response to a listener question where we had talked about how, in concerns to the bodily resurrection and the virgin birth, how we had talked about how, because they were talking about the Enlightenment, and how too Western civilization tends to lean entirely on rational thought, and these kind of the scientific method, and how there are certain truths that transcend all of that, and we can't try to conquer them with knowledge, um, and that there are certain things that are completely unknowable, and that she had just mentioned that, and then that's the single most beautiful thing that was said, I suppose. Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: that's so nice. Also, um, I'm pretty sure it's your quote. I want to say it is.
2: Pretty sure it's not.
0: I don't know. We in in post production editing, I will p- find the quote and we can play it here. And or we can have other. Go find the quote. Well, no.
2: <laughs> hey, listeners, go find the quote from a diff- from that episode, and you tell us who said uh-huh. it, who done it.
0: Yes. Who said. The Whose quote, line is it anyway? Who said. I remember specifically the quote was like, we want to, what was it? Conquer. conquer like we have knowledge. Yeah.
2: Right? And like how we rely entirely on like logic uh-huh. and how that's not helpful in uh-huh. a lot of situations.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you, Anna, for yeah. that story. A very exciting and affirming story for affirming,
2: us. Affirming. Mainly.
0: <laughs> And uh, if you want to take part, you can take part by going and searching back through the log of Faith to Go podcasts. And see if you <laughs> can find the quote that Anand's is referring to. Right. And send us an email. Also, send us an email with any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussions or quoting the podcast. Uh, Pressing your professors. Which you can send to faith2go.com. At stpaulcathedral.org, that's faith, F-A-I-T-H-T-O-G-O, faith to go, at S-T-P-A-U-L-C-A-T-H-E-D-R-A-L dot O-R-G. I don't know why really people can't cute. remember that off the top and of it. And faith to go <laughs> is the name of oh. <laughs> um, But now we are going to get into the gospel and our discussion about the gospel that we hope will help you with your faith discussions this week. We're each going to take some time to highlight a point from the gospel reading for this Sunday, January 27th, that we hope you keep in mind as you are using those faith-to-go resources with your family or if you're having uh, faith discussions throughout the week with your friends. Um, so, Jackie is going to read the gospel for this Sunday, which is Luke four fourteen to 21
1: Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding county. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing.
0: So that was, um, the gospel for this Sunday and, that the thing to know about this gospel is that this is going to kick off, I believe, a few weeks in the lectionary. We're really going to get into like a Luke groove here as we as we move towards Lent uh, and continue our season of Epiphany. So this Sunday is 14 to 21, and then next Sunday's gospel starts at 22. So we're getting into that kind of rhythm of having back-to-back gospels on back-to-back Sundays that have a continuous story through the go- through the narrative. Of the gospel, because for a while, for the last few months, really since we got into Advent, it's just been kind of jumping back and forth and around because we've been going through these different seasons and Advent and then Christmas and then Epiphany and now as we're kind of moving into the midst of the season of Epiphany uh, and then towards Lent, uh, we'll really start getting into the the lectionary year that is Luke's and more into Luke's gospel. So, two weeks ago we heard of we, we heard about the story of John the Baptist in Luke. And so this story, between two weeks ago, John the Baptist and Luke, and this week, what's happened is the baptism of Jesus, and then Luke lists Jesus' ancestors, and then Jesus goes out into the wilderness and is tempted by Satan, and then this story immediately follows the end of that. So it's like, this is the first thing, this is this is like Jesus' first act of his public ministry, really, after his uh, temptation in the wilderness. So... It's kind of cool to see where Luke is kicking off Jesus' uh, public ministry, and that's, that's really where we are in the gospel, and then we are kind of go forward from here through Luke. So um, we're going to get into this gospel, and Jackie has the first point.
1: My point today is about the first verse. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. Uh, and my my point is about this notion of Jesus being filled with the power of the Spirit. And, and I think many people would agree about this, that when you think of Jesus, you think of him being filled with the power and filled with this goodness and, and using that in everything that he is and does in his being. And, and that is what we look up to in him. But I think what's important to remember is that we too, by, fol- by being followers of Jesus, are filled with the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so what are we going to do with that? Like, to own that power and to know that we have that power. Um And so for Jesus returning to Galilee, you know, this is very much us leaving churches on Sunday. Leaving our church and going to our community and going to our home and to our school and to our workplace And how are we going to live our lives knowing that we're filled with the power of the Spirit in our workplaces and in our schools and in our friend groups so that reports about us spread, about the good things that we're doing? You know, how do we live a life like Jesus where we are spreading that good news through our deeds and using that power of the Spirit that we are given?
0: Yeah, and this is kind of a, an extension of, I think the, G, Luke kind of has like a through line of the Spirit working, the Holy Spirit working with with Jesus in this these first few chapters, um, specifically in his like adult life, so that when we read two weeks ago when we read about the baptism of Jesus, uh, it was about, uh, we read about the Holy Spirit descending upon him in bodily form like a dove. And then, the next story of jesus's temptation jesus it says jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness mm-hmm. so the spirit descends and then the spirit like leads him out Le- the spirit leads jesus into the wilderness and now the power jesus filled with the power of the spirit returned to galilee and then he's going to move like into his earthly ministry with Um, the power of the spirit and it's and I think what's cool is that like Luke is making clear that what the power what the spirit does is lead Jesus like where Jesus is meant to go Mm -hmm. so like the Jesus and the spirit are kind of working in tandem they're like partners in ministry and so it seems like being filled with the spirit is both like gives you the power to do the ministry you're called to do but even before that, it gives you the ability to be in touch with where you are supposed to go next. You know, it's like a kind of like the work of discernment. Right. It's like being aw- like you're saying, Jackie, being aware that we're filled by the Holy Spirit and then being aware of what that means, that like we have the we have the capacity to to like trust our instincts, to like believe that we are being led and to follow that feeling of call and vocation and discerning where that next step is it's in like our com- when we get back to our communities, where, when we leave, like you're saying, leave the church and get back to the places that we inhabit in the world, to know what, what, it, what our work is to do. You know? And that is the work of the Holy Spirit, is to help us figure out what our work is to do. Uh, okay, so my, the, next, the thing I want to highlight is in the next part of the story after what Jackie highlighted. Um, so it's, this, it's the thing that Jesus reads in the temple. And he's reading uh, a scroll of Isaiah. Oh, it says it right there. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Jesus is reading from the Isaiah scroll and what we would now call Isaiah 61. Though there were probably not chapters and verses on the scroll Jesus was reading. Um, But we know that it's from Isaiah 61 because we have... A Hebrew Hebrew scriptures at our uh, disposal. And it's Isaiah 61 one. so I'm going to read it. Please. Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Um. So, what I wanted to highlight about this is actually what Jesus doesn't say in his reading of the scripture. And I am also, I also need to cite Richard Rohr on this one because this is something that Richard Rohr talks about a lot when he's talking about how we interpret scripture. So, when Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan uh, monk, a friar, and he's the director of the, and and founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation and also sends out these awesome uh, daily meditations every day. And he had one a few weeks ago, and the whole week was about scriptural interpretation. And so one thing that he he talks about when he's talking about scriptural interpretation is to use the example of how Jesus interpreted scripture as a way for us to learn how to interpret scripture or like a, a way of interpreting scripture for ourselves. So Jesus is quoting scripture here, And the, and Luke makes it pretty, Luke makes it pretty clear, kind of the, he kind of adds a little bit to the drama of Jesus closing the scroll at the end. He like makes note of it, which is something to pay attention to. So when Jesus finishes reading, he says, and he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Right. So I don't know if you heard, if you could remember from when Jackie read the gospel to when I just read Isaiah. But Jesus ends, uh, this is what Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And what you might hear missing is from, this is Isaiah 61, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God
2: so we cut that out yeah, intentionally
0: so, so that is one sentence it's not like all the all that all the punctuation that's in this version this nrsv version of the bible is a comma so the whole jesus is literally cutting the last sentence of the scripture in half and excluding it mm. and so it would have been something you know likely the people know what isaiah says and would have been expecting to hear that last part of the sentence and what jesus does is he says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and then rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, and sits down. Oh,
2: and that's why it's explicitly noted,
0: right? And that's why, it, that's why it seems like the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Like they I weren't was... like sitting there waiting for the next reading to start. They like couldn't believe that he had stopped short because they were expecting the last half of the sentence. So this is the thing that, that Richard, the reason Richard Rohr uses this illustration for scriptural interpretation is because of that frustration of, like, of the, the fact that there are problematic scriptures, there are mm-hmm. problematic parts of scripture that are really violent, that that talk about God in, like, vengeful and wrathful ways, and that Jesus, Jesus intentionally leaving out an emphasis on God's vengeance to me like to in Richard Rohr's reading of it and I, I agree with Richard Rohr is like that it's okay to to recognize that the through line of what Jesus is trying to say that the through line of the of the Bible and all these different genres and compositions and books of the Bible is God's infinite love mm-hmm. and so that it's okay to emphasize the scriptures that that uh, talk about God's love and to de-emphasize the one that talk about violence and wrath and vengeance, Mm -hmm. because that's what Jesus is doing here, first of all. And to know, and it's just kind of like this whole way of approaching scripture of recognizing that while we can talk about it as being like divinely inspired and inspired by God, it is still written by humans for other human beings about a human experience of God in very different cultural contexts throughout time. right? So so I think that it's like a cool thing. It kind of makes scriptural interpretation a little less clean, clear-cut and a little bit yeah. more messy. But there's nothing about Jesus' ministry or the way, c- clearly that Jesus is interpreting scripture or the sayings of Jesus that are clear-cut and not messy.
2: That really, I think, ties in with my point, which is also about... The fact that Jesus read from Isaiah, and I find it super interesting that Jesus's first words as a teacher are not his own, Mm -hmm. that they, he is, it is a quote from Isaiah, which was a Hebrew scripture. And I find that interesting because one, I feel it points to what was later revealed in the transfiguration of Jesus was a fulfillment of the, the prophet and the law. Basically it's like what he, he was a continuation of that. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think it says something about how these truths, in a way, the like you know, bringing good news to the poor and and God freeing the captive, um, it it it's not it's it's nothing new in a way, you know. It, it's age old and eternal, and they'll continue to be that way, you know. And they they'll they'll find themselves these truths in different ways. They'll present themselves in different ways throughout time and history. Um, I think about the golden rule a lot, how people are always trying to figure out who who started the golden rule of like mm-hmm. do unto the others as you would. Ha- and, you know, is it who said it first? And it's not about who said it first. It's that it, sees, it is an eternal truth that is because it is so true, mm-hmm. it has been true. It says something about how, you know, certain things do say the same, even if the way you say them is different. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jesus says um, today. Then he the uh, the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, "Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that fulfillment thing is going on right from the beginning, and and I think it's almost like to me, it's almost this like circular feedback loop, almost of kind of what I said and what you're saying of like. Jesus Jesus is emphasizing the Lord's favor and and the Lord's favor is about bringing sight to the blind and good news to the poor and freedom to the oppressed and in emphasizing that favor Jesus is bringing to fulfillment this prophecy, this like this scripture mm-hmm. by emphasizing the love of God and and framing his ministry in that relationship with God and that loving emphasis of God's work in the world this is like the beginning of that fulfillment of this scripture you know mm-hmm. it's like just in the reading of it and the emphasizing that one part that specific part of it it is being fulfilled in a way and will continue to be right you know
2: it it just speaking of it and just reading it honors it i mean of course there's the action component of it mm-hmm. but just bringing in space to to hear those things i think honors it
0: you know Yeah, and it also is, like, a recognition of how, like, everything kind of has to start foundation. Our actions aren't important, but they start from what we believe about other people. And what we believe about other people is directly influenced by what we believe about God. Mm Mm-hmm. And so our relationship with God has so much to do with the relationship with ourselves and relationship with one another. And Jesus is saying, my whole ministry here is to make God free for the people again. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm here, which is, again, me stealing the Richard Gore quote. But (laughs) he is like, he's emphasizing the availability of God, like the the personal relationship of God. And that it's not about paying priests to give sacrifices and things like that, but like, it's about, like, more, it's more personal than that. Mm-hmm. And so... And accessible. Yeah. And so just by framing his ministry as saying, like, the, my foundation for whatever I'm going to do is based in this understanding that God loves you and that God is, is available to everyone directly. Is to say that then what, everything else he's going to do, all the parables, all the miracles, the resurrection, the everything is all going to be based in that understanding and that belief. Uh, okay, so that was three points. Um, what? I know. It's crazy how it ha- how fast it happens. Number one was Jackie's. Uh, and Jackie talked about the being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and how we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, recognizing that and letting it empower us to do what it is we are called to do in the world. Um, I talked about the isaiah quote that jesus reads and what he doesn't read and jesus's way of interpreting scripture as emphasizing uh the love of god and the favor of god and the loving relationship god has with creation and with with people and maya also talked about that isaiah quote as the third point um the importance of recognizing how jesus's first words in his public ministry are not his own but that he is standing on a tradition and uh, recognizing that he is like a continuation of, of that tradition and, and coming from uh, a long line of people that have been, um, that have been focused on, on embodying the love of God and, and figuring out what that means for their world. So, after hearing that conversation... Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through.
1: Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read... And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this week's podcast. We'll be back next week on the Sunday of February 3rd. Make sure to go check out all the Faith to Go resources based on that gospel we just talked about at www.myfaithtogo.org. If you have any questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion with your friends or family, uh, make sure to send those to us at uh, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org, and we'll make sure to answer questions or share stories or comments on the podcast next week. Check us out on Instagram at faith2go, and make sure to go rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. That's our episode for today, and until next week say goodbye. Bye. goodbye 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 <laughs>